Folks, if your financial professional tends to speak in terms of their industry jargon, it can be confusing, but it's important to have clarity, which is why I so recommend Arif Halaby of Total Financial Solutions. My wife Sue and I are Arif's clients because he provided us with such clarity. He is very knowledgeable and capable when it comes to reliable retirement income. Tune into Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallam. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me this morning. We talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, trying to figure out what it's going to take. As uh, if you haven't paid attention, or as we say, if you haven't been living under a rock, you actually know that inflation is here. In fact, we've known that it's been here for probably, you know, listen, everybody says it's coming, it's coming. It's, it's uh, you know, like the proverbial crying wolf, the boy who cries wolf. Well, we, we all have said it's been coming for a while because the system has indicated that. A good example, how much money flows around, what's the price of gold. You take a look at the cost of just the things you buy at the grocery store. Those kinds of things kind of tell you, hey, you know what? We've got a a, uh, an inflation problem coming down the road. But because we have been crying wolf, if you will, or or saying this for a while and being concerned for this for quite a while. Here's one of the things that our clients and maybe you should be doing and maybe you have. And that's preparing from a retirement income standpoint for inflation. So here's a good example of a couple of areas. You may have a pension option or a pension choice. Now, not very many of you have pensions anymore, but some do. If you have a choice in the pension world, meaning you can say, pay me a little bit less now, but here's what's important. I want an increase of 3% a year, for example. So yeah, you will receive less now. Usually the break-even is seven years because that's when they expect you to die, just so you know. And if that's the break-even, now that's the average, meaning half as many are going to die before and half as many are going to die after. Okay, so so seven years. Maybe it's nine years. I don't know. I'd have to look at, at your particular situation. But there's, a, there's an average that says, and this is your break-even, meaning if you live or your spouse lives past that date, then you may have the, the option as you continue to increase your pension to be much higher down the road. If you have that as a choice, I want to encourage you to either take that choice or take the lump sum option and get your pension out of there to begin with. Because here's what happens. If you take that choice, let's just say you're going to say, well, I I want to keep my pension there. I have plenty of other money to do what I want to do. So I'm going to keep my pension. there. If that's the case, you're going to look at it and you're going to say to yourself, I want to have 
other income between now and that seven-year period of time and beyond. So I want to have other income that's going to last, that's going to continue to grow, that's going to fill in between what your needs are and what that current or the higher pension dollar figure is. So you always have to have that backup plan. And how you do that is with your old IRAs or your 401ks, either the current 401k, you know, company retirement plan. If you work for a school district, it's called a 403b. If you work for a city, county, or federal state agency, they have their own as well, either a 457 known as deferred comp. LA County employees, it's called Horizon. Okay, so some of the, I throw these out so they sound familiar. You go, oh yeah, that's right. So you're allowed to withdraw money from those accounts and live the way you want to live, but you have a mechanism in place called the inflation adjusted option on your pension. Okay, now, not, not everybody has that. I don't know, maybe most don't. So what do we do if our goal is to have another source of income in retirement and it does not include the pension being able to increase? Okay. If you are preparing to retire, let's say in the next two, three, maybe five years, I want you to start moving some or maybe even half of your retirement out of the market. You got to consider this as an option. Because if that is something you're considering, right? You might say, hey, Arif, how much should I put in? I'm always going to tell you. It's up to you. These are always your choices because each of us have a different risk tolerance. If it were my money and I was a year, two, or four away from retirement, and today we are at all-time highs or nearly all-time highs in the market, then you get out with half of it, right? It's called the house's money when you gamble and you're up in your chips, you move some of the chips to your left pocket. Now you know you're playing with somebody else's money. That's the same thing. I want you to start moving some of the profits. Again, maybe half. I don't know. Depends on your age. There's something called the rule of 100, and here's how it works. It takes your age away from the number 100, and that's the amount of risk that you should have. You heard me talk about this before. How much risk should I have? Well, Eric, if I'm 60 years old, that means 40%. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, that's the risk side. Safety, protection, never going backwards, that's the 60% side. A lot of the financial guys and gals in the world will try to convince you that, hey, don't worry, bonds are safe. Well, what is a bond? It's a promise to pay by a, a corporate or a government entity as long as you hold it for the entire time. So you have to hold it from now until 20 years or 30 years, whatever the bond is, five years, 10 years, it's probably more like 20 or 30. So if the organization, in other words, the bond mutual fund, if they hold it for that period of time, then everything that those people, you and everybody else put in, will come back to you. But meanwhile, if you needed the money between now and then, quote, if it's safe and you're going to use it to live on in the next two or three, five years, then you may have to sell it at a loss, lose money, and end up trying to figure out how you're going to financially survive. So that's why I say, listen, safety means you never go backwards with your principal. It doesn't mean that you're going to put some or part of your money at risk 
called in a bond fund or something and, and say, well, hey, don't worry. My broker with the marble floors and the advertisements. And by the way, you realize, uh, Arif, my broker is a vice president. Okay, psst. newsflash, everybody's a vice president. Just so you know, you're either brand new and you're getting everybody coffee or you are a vice president. They don't keep you at these big firms unless your name title is vice president. And they found this out years ago. It was a great marketing tool, right? Account representative. Well, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your boss. Vice president. Oh, hi. Yes. Yeah, I deal with the vice president. Yeah, my company, I'm a vice president. So... So because a lot of you felt like titles mattered, they decided to manipulate your feelings. It's a marketing ploy. But it's always funny to me. Everybody works with the vice president. You know, Morgan Merrill, James, I'm with the vice president. Of course you are. Yes. Have a seat. Bottled water. Perrier. (laughs) So consider this. You are going through this part of your life. You need to say what... Ask for definitions. Hey, what is safety? When you, when you say safe, when you say protection, I just want to keep it simple, buddy. Can I go backwards? Well, what do you mean? Right now I have $100,000 in that bond fund. Can I lose money? Can it, can it reverse? Can I, tomorrow I have 99000 I don't know. Do I need to draw pictures? No, 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 no. You're good. Nine, yeah, yeah. So you need to ask to make sure your definitions are what they want and need to be. Because I think as inflation is appearing its ugly little head, we're going to have a couple of things going. The Biden administration, if you're not sure, has zero thought process on protecting American jobs. Zero. Instead of putting people back to work, they're still feeding you government money. Look, on an individual basis, you're going to say, Eric, I don't know. I woke up on Thursday and I had a $1,400 check. Uh, uh, Money just deposited. It was like manna from heaven dropped into my checking account. So individually, I meet you. I go, great. I'm glad. It's It's important. I love it that you have money. I love it. You you got a few dollars. Great. You can do the backyard. You can fix that or, or, or take a vacation, whatever. That's nice. But as a society, it's poison, poison, horrible as a society to pump this $1.9 trillion and then the $900 billion and then phony up these numbers. And you guys, why aren't you guys protesting in the streets, by the way? Right. Nine percent of that. Oh, it's for the people. Nine percent was really for the people. The rest went to mismanaged states like California and and New York and New Jersey. And you know the way they shut up the other states is because they gave them money, too. It's called the mafia. Right. The mafia gives everybody something. Uh, You know, hey, it fell off the truck. You want a VCR, buddy? Hey, here you go. And because you took it, you're in. You're in. There's no you have zero credibility. You took the VCR, so now you can't do anything about it. So all of you other states, this was a pure bailout for California, San Francisco, for New York, for Illinois, New Jersey. Pure bailout. Biden payback is what we call it. But 
He gave something to all you other little states. So I, I want you to have some intellectual integrity. I don't know what I can't answer the question, what do you do with that fourteen hundred dollars or the nine hundred or whatever else is going to be dropping, you know, from uh, from the sky in your bank account. I don't know what to tell you. Donate it. Give it to the church. Give it to a cause. Maybe help a missionary out. Uh, give it to uh, homeless folks. Drug addiction. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that would be an honorable thing to kind of wash your hands clean of the blood of of this scam. Because the rest of that money did not go where it belonged. You want to give every single American a million dollars? I'm all for it. The ones that are broke will be broken 15 minutes afterwards. Because broke people, you understand, poor people, poor is a mindset, broke is your pocket. Poor people are poor not because they don't make money. Right? Poor people are poor because they don't know how to spend money or they choose, which is more likely, to spend it incorrectly. The more you as a human being, retired or not, can justify bad behavior, the more, guess what? You will do bad behavior. And if bad behavior is kicking your dog or beating your wife, well, gosh, there's prisons full of a lot of those people. And if you're not sure, ask Michael Vick. (laughs) Well, I like the guy. I like that the Eagles gave him a second chance. I don't like what he did. His road to redemption is a lifelong one. But had he not been caught, would he still be doing it? Eh, probably. Probably. Bad behavior does not just mean cost me money. Sometimes it means go to jail, lose your license, can't find a relationship to stick with you for more than six weeks. Right? Sometimes bad behavior has other ways of manifesting itself. I'm talking about when you give poor people, that's the mindset, Money, they are eventually broke again. I have three lotto winners as clients. One came to me after her and her husband filed bankruptcy the second time. They're not bad people. In fact, they're very, very good people. But they make bad choices with money. So winning the lotto or getting an inheritance, you have to have Expert advice, you have to be humble enough to understand you don't know. You have to recognize kind of almost an outside body experience and look back at you and go, okay, I'm making justifications for that fourth new car in my driveway. Or as one lady who inherited a million dollars tax-free, it was from a life insurance policy, she said, oh, uh, the only way to grieve is to remodel the house not once, but three times. And in the process, about six months into this, uh, you know, escapade after receiving the money, her and her dentist started dating. And of course, that guy who was 12 years, I think maybe 12 or 14 years younger, certainly needed a new Porsche. And that, you know, solidified the relationship. Well, at least for the next two months. And then he left with his Porsche. And a year later, she was broke and lost the home foreclosure. A million dollars tax free. So I laid out a plan. I said, here's very simple. You have a job. You're going to have to keep working for a little while because it's a million dollars. You're 48 years old. You got a long time to go. But certainly you can retire maybe at 55, maybe even 
58 depends on what you want to do. But you're not going to go on this spending spree. You have to be careful. We've got to put it together. And Nope. Nope. My daughters need new cars. Everybody needs a new car. So the important part of this, guys, is to realize that you might say it's only $1,400. Listen, how you do the little things is how you're going to do the big things. Let me repeat that. How you do the little things is how you are going to do the big things. The decisions you make with little dollars are the decisions you're going to make with big dollars. And retirement is usually a one-way street, meaning money is just spent. You're not putting money, you're not earning money back into your retirement account or your bank accounts. Now, one of my ways of beating inflation is means goes back to work. I think you should go back to work. Look, they're paying $22 an hour for dishwashers at restaurants now. $22 an hour to wash dishes. And the, the Democrats are, oh, it's about minimum wage, right? Go try to have lunch for less than $50 now. You and a, and a guest, you and a person. I don't mean a drive through restaurant, but watch the hamburgers, watch the uh, the drinks, the fries at these fast food restaurants, watch how the prices are going to go up. And now you might think it only went up 25 cents because that's how poor people think. Rich people, they understand percentages. So if it was if it was $2.50 for something and now it went up 25 cents, what is that percentage? 10%. Did you get a 10% pay raise at work? Did you get a 10% increase in your social security check? You see, the poor person will go, oh, Eric, it's only 25 cents, 25 cents. The rich person says, uh-oh, I see a pattern. That's an increase of double-digit percentages, meaning I have to find another source of income. So that's why I'm encouraging you. If you're young enough and if you have the desire and the skill set and the ability to work a little bit, then maybe work part-time. Another option. We have accounts, and many other financial people do too. If they're not bringing it to your attention, maybe, maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's not something they, they ex, they're, they're an expert in. They specialize. We can help you. If you'd like our help, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Okay, triple eight ninety nine retire. It's an eight hundred number. Works all over. So here's what matters. You can have other sources of income. So if you have five hundred thousand dollars, for some of you that's a lot or a little. I don't know. I'm just going to pick it. Five hundred thousand. You separate it into different jobs. You say this two hundred thousand. Its job is to pay me forty thousand dollars a year for the next five years. Okay, at five years and five minutes, another 200000 that's job is to kick in for another five years. But early on, you put that 100000 into another account that's going to begin giving you income in 10 years. So, in other words, it's called a laddering approach. You don't go risk, risk, and more risk, 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 and less risk, right? The laddering approach with the traditional financial uh Broker folks, Wall Street guys, small company, large company, big company. Okay, so think about this for a minute. 
Front seat of the bus? Middle seat of the bus? Back seat of the bus? And if the bus goes over the cliff, it might take you a little longer to, quote, be in the safer spot in the back, but you still hit the ground. If the market goes down, it may take you a little longer, but you will still lose your money. What we offer is in a completely different vehicle. Get out of the bus and get in the little VW bus, the little bug. Right? Maybe, maybe it's a four-seater, and it can zip around, but it doesn't have a big engine. You're, you're not gonna, you can turn on a dime. You could stop a lot faster. But man, oh man, the motor is certainly not big. You're not going to hit home runs with us. When we say that, I say 12% maximum, maybe 15 So keep in mind that the goal for you is to ladder income, ladder your assets. That is how you are going to beat inflation. Because, listen, I spoke with somebody this week who had $2.5 million plus another million equity in his house that he's selling. He said, Eric, that's $3.5 million. With my Social Security and my pension, I'm never going to run out of money. I mean, I don't care if I ever make another penny. The amount of money that I spend and the way I live, I'm never going to run out of money. It's just, it's impossible unless inflation is really hitting five, six, seven percent, which I think it's going to. I think we're going to have two years from now in the next presidential election, inflation is going to be so high that that it probably will impact the national election, just so you know. So I think in this journey for this gentleman... He doesn't have to take, I told him, I said, you need zero risk and zero fees. Zero risk, zero fees. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, all you have to do is get two, three, four percent. And if we get a little bit more, that's gravy. I said, who are your beneficiaries? He said, my two daughters. Okay, great. Then that's what we do. I said, between now and the time your daughters are ready to inherit this money, they need to come in and see me. They can take financial classes. I can coach them on the books to read. We have to prepare them to inherit money. Otherwise, you will create a monster. Otherwise, you will create... Uh, listen, if you, if you have a child who does bad things with money, but really, they make 20 bucks. I mean, come on. right? They make bad choices. They're not very good. They don't understand it. But you pass away suddenly and you give them a house or a retirement account and they're 35 years old, and they never really got out of their own way. Financially speaking, they're broke because they have a poor mindset. And then suddenly you're going to give them money. How quickly do you think they will run off the rails? It happens. It happens all the time. And as much as we try to tell you guys, do not treat each child the same. I don't mean at Christmas or Thanksgiving. I mean, do not treat them the same when it comes to an inheritance. Some of them are going to be better with money and some of them are not. The ones that are not, you have to put in guardrails or don't give them money at all. Look to see. You know, listen, your food, shelter, clothing is cared for. Uh, You guys are good with your lifestyle. You live within your means, but you've never been ambitious you don't really save. You buy junk. You have the latest, greatest audiovisual equipment. Your car is the best. Why? Because you don't understand I need it. 
Or if I need it, I have to, you don't know, I need it. I need to feel safe. So I need a car that has, I go, your car's six years old. I know, but you know, it made a noise. Oh, okay, go get a car then. You have to ask yourself, is that person worthy of receiving $300,000 or $600,000? You have to ask yourself, I don't know. And here's what you do when you pay off their house, because we've tried this before with clients. They've paid off. Well, I'm just going to pay off my child's house when I die. So they pay off the child's house and the spouse goes, you know what? This house is too small. We need a bigger house. And since we have this house paid off in equity, we're going to go and find another house. (laughs) Well, the whole purpose of your grandmother passing away and leaving you money for the house was you never have to have a house payment. I know, but you don't understand. We need, we need. (laughs) All right, you need. All right, let me give you our number. We're going to be right back. Uh, I'm going to continue with inflation and retirement. We actually have an account that I think works very well, and it can make a difference for some or part of your money. And there's a little window of time that you can use it up until uh, that, that you can have it, and it's just for the next four or five weeks. Okay, uh, let me give triple eight ninety nine retire important eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Stay with me. We'll be right back. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. Your place for news, talk, and information. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Hallaby. Our number, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. That's my number. Give us a call if you uh, want help. Maybe we can Zoom call. We can have a phone call. Maybe you can pop into our office. We do our best. Okay, here's a couple of things, guys. When it comes to inflation hitting your money during retirement years, we have to look at a couple of things. Specifically, your buying power, your purchasing power. So I always ask you this. If you had a million dollars in cash or 10000 a month, for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Now, most people, if you're younger, would say, give me the million. Boy, I've got to, I'm going to turn that into, two. that's what I would have said. Two million by the weekend. <laughs> that's me. Right? When you're 25, 35, probably. The older we get, and presumably wiser, we look at it and we say, well, look, if we are in a position to have 10000 a month and I can only spend or should only spend less than that, then I'm probably going to be pretty good along the way. And that's the same thing. In your retirement income, leave what you don't need behind and let it stay or reinvest it. If they're paying you Social Security and pension, and you're like uh, one gentleman I met with this week who said, you know, Eric, my Social Security, my wife's Social Security is more than enough for us to live on. We just take our required minimum distributions. We reinvest those right back where we started into a different account. It's non-retirement, but it's in, back in, into the same account. Then we don't, we don't need the money. 
I said, okay, well, look, we're expecting inflation to rise. Where it will impact retirees the most, so that you're clear, is going to be food. It's going to be some entertainment. Some retirees like to go out, golf or, or movies or travel. And it's going to be in the utilities. And that is what I think is going to eat you up the quickest. And we're going to see property taxes increase. In places that think they have some sort of guarantee or, or projection uh, protection, especially if you've had a run-up in prices in your county or your, your city or your state, I think you're going to see a reassessment of property taxes. Just because, very simple, it costs more money for people to live there and governments are always very inefficient, very inefficient. They spend more money to do the job generally than a private company because there's nobody held accountable, right? If you work for the city, the county, the state, you have to punch your boss in the nose to get, to, to get fired. And usually they just transfer you out and most likely even promote you because that's what they do, right? Now, that guy was so incompetent. Where's he working now? Oh, he heads the department over there. Oh, well, that's weird. Well, who knows how to do the job? Oh, that's Jimmy. He's, he's over there. But he's still here. So I don't trust government with a lot of money. They, they, they and usually it's the bureaucrats, right? Let's, let's call, call it what it is. It's the leadership, the directors of departments that are often the ones that are directing the funds And the system is so broken, meaning here's what they say. It's very simple. They say, we're going to give you money, and if you can spend it all and create a 7,500-page report at the end of the year for your department on where and why you spent the money, and it sounds good because nobody ever reads it, just so you know, but it looks good. It's like that 18-page term paper at the end of the semester. You really think your, your teacher reads it? No. She goes through and picks six pages, reads it, and calls it good. So in the city, county, state, you print this huge document, whatever the the number is, spend all the money, and they go, we're going to give you more. The Japanese model, I I really admire, and it says, we're going to give you this much money. Let's see how efficient you can be with it. Can you achieve the job and still have money left over? Oh, look how good you are. Look how efficient. We're going to give you more money. You have money left over. Isn't that amazing? What a different way of thinking. How quickly can you spend the money? How many departments run out of overtime February, March, April, and their fiscal budget is July, so nobody can work overtime, everything has to get special approval, and you can't, uh, you can't sorry, we can't buy this right now because of the, you know, whatever. The budget is horrible. And here's what they're going to do. Ready? This is going to be a shock. They're going to blame COVID. <laughs> I, listen, for you school teachers, I want you to start using this. COVID ate my homework. COVID ate my homework. Sorry, teach. Right? It used to be the dog. Uh, listen, I, my dog did get into my backpack once when I was little. High school, uh, probably junior high, maybe high school. Chewed it up a little bit, but I brought what was left over and the teacher believed me. But I don't know, how, how are you going to prove that COVID ate your homework? you got to figure it out. Or what you do, here's what you do. You name your dog COVID, right? Like the couple in, was it, Indonesia or Malaysia? Corona, 
and COVID. She named their two their twins, a boy and a girl. One was named Corona, one was named COVID. You can name your dog COVID. Hey, I mean, that's always an option. You've got to look and see what is the risk that you bear. Property tax, utilities, food, groceries, the staples, the things you want to do. Energy prices, automobile gas, right? The fuel for your automobile. Surprise, Alzheimer's patient President Biden decided he was going to uh, listen, uh, if you've known anybody who's suffered memory issues or Alzheimer's or balance issues, you know, it's not a joking matter. So uh, I've had loved ones. I, I guess it's just so, so sick that it has to be funny that we actually elected a president who stayed in his basement, who wears a mask on his Zoom calls with world leaders. And they make fun of him. Listen, they might have made fun of President Trump, but they feared and respected him. Joe Biden is just a joke. They're trying to figure out who's running it. Now, if you haven't figured this out, the first time in history that a president did not leave Washington when he left office was President Obama. Bought a house down the street from from the White House. Now, he put in place an entire infrastructure to undermine President Trump's administration. They did a pretty good job of it. They couldn't keep the Supreme Court justices at bay. They couldn't keep certain international relationships at bay. Although John Kerry did his best to undermine the United States. And a traitor, forgive me for almost using a bad word, a traitor. If those allegations are true, the man should be uh, removed from all of history. You want to cancel somebody, there's somebody. Disgusting. And yet he tried to undermine the United States and Israel. Well, listen, he was part of the Biden, uh, uh, the Obama administration. He's part of the Biden administration. Obama's... Uh, Rice, remember her, uh, I'll forget her name, but second, not Condoleezza Rice. I keep wanting to default to her, Susan Rice. These people are just holdovers. Who's running the show? I don't know. But do you think they're going to raise, continue to raise the fuel prices? Yeah, by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, you realize, look, the fuel is still going to come out of the, the oil is still going to come out of the ground in Canada. It's still going to be shipped from the Gulf of Mexico and out by, uh, I think it's Washington State or Oregon, there's a a port that heads over to China. So they're still going to ship it. They're still going to, but how are they going to do it instead of a pipeline? Very inefficient, very uh, uh, difficult to do it any other way than a pipeline. Listen, a pipeline is a a very efficient, strong, environmentally uh, solid, all of that great, except what? They're now going to use trucks and rail cars. Guess who owns the railways? BNSF, Burlington Northern, Santa Fe line. Running controlled by a guy by the name of Warren Buffett, Obama's personal friend. The same guy that bought Bank of America stock for 2 and $3 a share and then recommended in his report to President Obama 
that they should eliminate Washington Mutual and IndyMac banks but retain Bank of America. Surprise, guess what happened to the stock? The same Warren Buffett and Bill Gates that today own the rail cars and the railways, not quite a monopoly, but Bill Gates purchased it not too long ago, probably knowing this was coming down the pipe. No pun intended, but I'll see if I can find a pun that I'll intend. (laughs) Maybe it's that Warren Buffett is the same person who's screaming, you know, crying wolf that inflation is coming around the corner. Maybe there's something to be had there. Because Warren Buffett is pretty solidly a smart guy. All of us know that. Nobody's questioning it. He has something called the Buffett Indicator. Now, it runs by itself today, so it's not really even a it's not even really a thing that he controls. He just came up with an idea that said, "Hey, by the way, if gross domestic product and stock market valuation is a certain number, percentages, then we think there's inflation coming and a correction in the stock market potentially as well." So the Buffett indicator slams sky high right about now. He is saying that the market is so strongly overvalued. It's 234% above where it should be. That's a problem. So if Warren Buffett says the market's going to correct, collapse, and you're in retirement and you can't afford to lose money and to say something like, "Eh, you know, you're looking at some of the problems coming down the road with needing income, whether it's health care. Remember, that's part of it, guys. Health care costs increase substantially in retirement. That's why I want you to have Medicare Part A, Part B, or Medicare Advantage, or Kaiser Hospital, or some sort of supplemental plan, scan. Some of these, you find the one that works for you, your doctors, your specialties, what you need. And that is where I think you should be spending your money. Now, that means you're probably going to spend $800, $700 a month for really good, really good uh, coverage. But you're still going to have certain things like long-term care, et cetera. So we have an account that increases in income during retirement. Meaning you start a fixed indexed annuity now. You don't need it for five years, two years, 10 years, whenever you decide you want to turn it on. And that income has the opportunity to go up every year or two to keep pace with inflation. Now, it means sometimes you'll go a lot higher than inflation. Sometimes you'll go a little lower than inflation. But it does have the ability to move up. Those accounts that we have offer bonuses. That means you put in money, the company puts in money. Those are great products for the right people, for some of your money. Any financial professional who says put all of your money in the same place right now or else. Uh, Listen, I, I think nobody can be an expert at everything. Right? The, the tool, the job of the money is simple. It's like if I was to ask you, hey, Joe, do me a favor. Can you come by? I need some help. 
and you swing by and you bring your fancy Corvette. And I say, oh, Joe, I needed help moving. I had to take some boxes from my garage to storage. And you're saying, well, Eric, you weren't specific on the job that you needed me to do, so I just brought the car. Ah, okay. Very inefficient vehicle for the job. That would be like your stocks, bonds, mutual funds. So then next week I call, I go, hey, Joe, what are you doing? Hey, can you come by? I need some help. And you swing by and you bring your pickup truck. Yeah, 1978 Ford, old reliable. Pull that thing into the driveway. Go, Joe, what are you doing? So, well, I brought the truck. You said you needed help. I said, no, no, no. I need to get to Las Vegas as fast as possible. You've got to bring me the fastest car you have. I need a ride. You said, Eric, you didn't tell me the job for the vehicle. So the point is, each one of your financial vehicles has a different job that it's designed for. It doesn't mean the truck is bad or the Corvette is good or vice versa. It means that for the job, there is no better vehicle. For the job, it is near perfectly suited to do it. So my point is, if you went to a Ford truck dealership, no matter what your job was, you were always going to be sold a Ford truck. That's just what they do. That's what they sell. It's what we offer. So they are perfect cars for the right job. So there are some jobs that fit fixed indexed annuities, fixed annuities, protection accounts perfectly, and some that don't. The difference is when you're an expert or a specialist, you also have the confidence like we do to tell you, I'm not right for you, or I'm only right for this much of your money. And that, I think, is a trade-off. That's where other people say, we'll do, we sell solutions that are based on everything coming over to us so that we can charge a whole fee, a wrap fee, a big fee on all the money every year, all the time, no matter whether we perform or not. I go, come on, man, really? Nobody's that good. You can be good at a few things. Listen, there's a lot of people that are good at a lot of things. But you can only be great at one thing. You can only be an expert in one, maybe two things. I'll give you that. But great at risk and safety. Great at managing the ups and downs and the income. Those are two different skill sets. Jack of all trades, master of none. Not interested in that person managing our portfolio. So kind of keep in mind that as inflation arises, you need to layer, in my opinion, it's called layering or laddering, the amount of money you have to serve and provide. Because you might say, yeah, but Arif, your accounts only got me 8% interest last year. That's right, 8%. Yeah, but Arif, you know, the market did 15, yeah. We beat inflation. We, we took, we added more in than you were taking out. But if you think that the job of this money is to double in the next five years, then you need to go to the market somewhere. Pick the right stock, Bitcoin, I don't know, crypto something or other. I'm not an expert in those areas. I can't help you. Find somebody that is. But if you want to protect what you've worked for, because we don't have the time to go back, we don't have the time to rebuild, then that's my job. And if it still isn't enough for you to live on, 
then I'm going to say you have to cut back maybe uh, some of your spending. Maybe you have to uh, move. You know how many people are moving out of California, specifically the, the Los Angeles and San Francisco area? Oh, my word. It's like, a, it's like an exodus. You know, some people have to move out of the cities and move out to the suburbs. How many people are moving out of uh, New York and New Jersey, the high-tax places where you pay tax on just breathing? If you can, now with the masks. So I think there's a place for safety. Here's another way. You heard me mention it. Listen, I think there's a great opportunity for people to still have your, I don't know, your friendship or your expertise. You might say, I'm done with people I used to teach. I'm done with people I was in sales. Maybe. But whether it's volunteering at the church, teaching your skills, whether it's volunteering in a community center, maybe it's teaching one day a week at the community college. So I think there's still people that want and need your experience. And you stay a little more sharp, don't you? You have to prepare a lesson plan or you have to prepare for the meeting. You have to have an opportunity to do a little bit of research before you and and that young man that you're mentoring. Right before you meet at the coffee shop, you have to sit down and prepare. These things matter. They make a difference. Because the world doesn't just shut off a switch when you die. It continues. So the only thing left behind that we leave behind, besides our children, are our, they, there's our values, our expertise. And I think more importantly, the ideas that you leave behind should have a way to continue. So if you're fortunate, if you're blessed enough to have extra money, then I want you to consider something like a scholarship fund, an endowment to a local hospital or church, charity. Something that says anybody else who wants to believe like I do or think like I do or study the areas that I studied, I want to leave a scholarship behind to at least assist them a little bit in some of their studies because that makes all of the difference. You can certainly impact uh, your friends and family, certainly make a difference in your children. I get it. But there are lots of other people that love and, and want you there. And there's lots of extra people that make a difference when it comes, or, or that you can make a difference to when it comes to something very simple. Is the world better with you here or not? Because your money can make a huge difference in this world. And sometimes, ready for this, it means not giving it to your children. It means you spending it. I want you to know that, that you have multiple ways to leave money to other people. And it's not always your children, especially if they are already successful. Right? Why would you give money to somebody who's already successful? Well, you would do so because you want them to continue to have success. But what I don't want you to do 
is to give money to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. This matters a lot when you try to figure out who and what is deserving of money. Great example. This week, lady decided she's going to skip her children altogether. Skipping the two children, giving it to the grandchildren. You have to ask yourself, is this something that's pretty important that your money matters to skip the children? And if it is, here's what I offered. I said, I'd like you to bring all of the grandchildren. There's seven of them. I want you to bring all of the grandchildren to my office. In the future, we'll pick a date on a Saturday for four hours. And we're going to teach a financial class to them. Because if you're going to give money to a child, you better put some sort of guidelines on it. You better make it so that somebody somewhere acknowledges that this money is more valuable than money that I've earned myself. Right? You've heard me talk about it. If you listened to last week's show, I said there's two different types of money that you have in your future. The money you earn and the money you inherit. The money you inherit has much greater value because somebody else worked for it, not you. Because somebody else sweat, sacrificed, gave up other important areas of their life. And they did so with the idea, with the intent, someday they were going to spell it, uh, send, uh, spend it. But, but your family has to do this. If I'm going to spend that money while I'm alive... I'm okay with you never giving it to your children. That means they have to get up off their tail. And if you tell them that ahead of time, see who loves you the most. Write the old story, who loves you the most, your dog or your wife? It's real simple. Lock them both in the trunk, come back in a half an hour and see who's happy to see you. (laughs) My wife doesn't like that joke, but I think it's funny. You want to see who loves you the most? See what, what your children do when you, when you have a family meeting and you tell them. Nobody gets the money. See who loves you. See who still calls. All right, guys, give us a call. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Thanks for being with me on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Hallaby. Have a great day. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial 